Hello, everybody. Welcome to episode 21 of TLDR Podcast. And according to Traden, this podcast can drink now. Yes. We finally have everybody back for the first time in a long time for a full episode this time. Um, all had some pretty eventful weeks, and in Tyler's case, a couple of weeks that were eventful. Uh, so let's get into it. Traden and I, and I just came back from Indiana for a week on Sunday. And honestly, I'm still trying to get used to the time change. That three-hour difference is gnarly. Congrats again to Matt and Lauren. I hope you guys are having a happy honeymoon and enjoying every second of it. But anyway, Traden, why don't you tell us all about it? I mean, yeah, we we got to go up for a whole week to to Indiana. Different different culture there. A um, little bit slower, but it was nice to kind of relax. Uh, we drank every day, which was amazing. <laughs> and we really kicked back. Um, I mean, and I, there's not much more I can say. I mean, um, Indiana is a fun place to, to visit. So if you have a chance, definitely do so. Um, we went to, I mean, Indianapolis alone is pretty, uh, is pretty interesting as well. Here. Oh, man, I thought you were going to say, like, you, you woke up, like, hangover. I don't know, teeth missing or, like, a ski mask on your face. I don't know. The I mean, one day you woke up and one day woke up and you couldn't move his shoulders. Yeah, but I mean, it, it was fun. And yeah, again, congratulations to Matt and Lauren. Um, I'm glad that we could have been a part of that. Um, what's, what's so funny? I mean, <laughs> why, were you, why were your shoulders broken? Um, admittedly, t- too much football and not enough working out before. <laughs> uh, my shoulders are shot holding them up, you know, catching balls, throwing balls. It was pretty. It was, it was a rough night, one of those nights, let me tell you. <laughs> Catching balls and, and throwing balls, balls, it was a rough night. Yep, too many balls yeah. for one night, apparently. Too many balls for two. <laughs> really, <no>. Very athletic. <laughs> 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 anyway, Tyler, how was the last couple of weeks in Bermuda? Bermuda was great. Uh, definitely happy to be back, but it was a nice three weeks out there in the triangle. Um, other than the uh, shitty Wi-Fi having to record a podcast and upload a podcast there, uh had a, had a wonderful time it was awesome to experience uh rugby pro rugby some amazing athletes got to work with them uh, it was a great experience so uh like like you mentioned uh three hour difference for you guys it's been it's a four hour difference for me uh so i'm kind of the same way a little bit jet lag a little bit tired but hey i'm here i'm back ready to rock and roll alex is coming off his best episode so far how do you feel man i feel great uh james What's did up? i win in fantasy football this week Yes, yeah. you did. And you beat Jeremiah, I think. <laughs> Who was in first place, am I right? Who was in first place, correct. Damn. And oh, I forgot to update my lineup. And you had somebody on buy or something. I was crazy. Hell yeah. <laughs> hey, Jeremiah, I don't know who you are. I don't know if you listen, but suck it. <laughs> Josh Allen I had like 40 points. Dude. dude, I was telling you. I told you in the QB podcast like four months ago. Josh Allen, baby. He's the GOAT. He's the GOAT. How did Daniel Jones do? Not good. He had... 10 points, I think. <laughs> you might have tripped every single play. Damn it. And finally, Eric, how are you doing, man? Uh, I'm good, you know. What did I do? I don't even fucking remember. I think I ate sushi. I ate pokey. Uh, and I watched the show, The Haunting of Bly Manor. It's good. The first season, The Haunting of Hill House, better. Uh, spooky season. It's kind of ended already, but check those out, guys. Netflix watchers. Not a sponsor. Not a sponsor. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All good stuff, guys. We're going to take a quick break, but when we return, Trayden's going to take us through some football jeopardy. Welcome back, everyone. So you guys may have heard, may not have heard, but there's some pretty sad news this weekend, and that was the passing of Alex Trebek the host of Jeopardy for a long, long, long time. And because of that, we'd like to dedicate this segment to him. Traden, take it away. Yes. So in honor of Alex Trebek, we're going to play some Jeopardy. Um, this week, we're going to change things up a bit. We're going we're gonna to focus on one sport. The rounds from now on are going to kind of, you know, be kind of sport specific. And since we're in the, the middle point, a little past the middle point of the NFL season, I say, you know what, let's do some football. So here's how it's going to work. I mean, obviously, it's going to work the same, it's going to work the same way. We're just going to start off with uh, Eric. Why don't you start, take us away? 
Um, let's go MVP, MVP, because there's two exclamation points for three. For three. This MVP owns the Super Bowl scoring record. Uh, James. Who is Tom Brady? Who is Jerry Rice? Oh my God! Of all the people, I thought would miss that. The greatest Niner never of all history. That was before I watched football. Three hour time time difference. Um, I guess I will say this for the listeners: we have the following categories: play by the rules, teamwork, Hall of Fame baby, Super Bowl, and MVP MVP. Um, Eric, give us the next one. Play by the rules for two. The two-point conversion was added into the NCAA in 1958, followed by high high school in 1969, and the CFL in 1975. The NFL finally followed suit in this year. Eric. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It was was Alex. Alex. Uh, I have no idea. 1981. Wrong, Eric. Damn it. Last chance. (laughs) 1975. It wasn't 1975, and I'll give James one last chance. Uh, 1985. 1994. Jesus. What? <laughs> that stat alone, like, floored me. <laughs> that alone floored me. So, no, we have no points on the board. Um, I couldn't believe that it, it took that long for us, for the NFL, to have the two-point conversion, but alas, they did. Um, Eric, again. Looks like I'm going to pick every goddamn – uh teamwork for one all right this ncaa division one school's mascot is based off the famous green bay packers p anybody my my chat thing is lagging too but it doesn't matter no idea i don't know the answer not a clue can i guess i'm gonna guess here yes please give a guess james what is penn state well penn state is a is what is it a panther or or whatever so it's not penn state Eric? Uh, wait, let me read this question. <laughs> Actually, the Green Bay Packers, G. I, 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 it's not Georgia. Oh, Georgia. Oh. <laughs> Damn it, Trayden. I mean, you basically just gave me the answer, but yeah, Georgia. <laughs> yeah, that, that was my bad. Like, what? We yes. should get a point for that. Would you, guys have, would you guys have known that if I didn't screw yes. up? I, we probably would have gotten a little closer. I would have gotten <laughs> minimum. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. All right, Eric. All right. Looks like I'm picking again, huh? <laughs> My bad, boys, on that one. Super Bowl for one. Super Bowl for one. All right. This NFL team was the first to win five Super Bowls. Uh, Alex. I believe it's the Steelers. Oh, balls. The San Francisco <laughs> 49ers. Again. I gave two 49ers questions to this whole thing, and the 49ers fan, or so-called, didn't even get them right. So I'm, yeah, I'm, a, little, I'm a little worried. James. I'm a little worried. All right. Uh, James, give us a new one. <laughs> uh, let's go um, teamwork for four. Teamwork for four. Ooh, gosh. This NFL team is the only team to have played in both the NFC and the AFC championship games in its history. James. What is Chicago? It is not Chicago. Damn. (laughs) Anybody else want to? uh, Tyler? Colts. Nope. And Eric, last chance. Raiders. No. (laughs) This is hard. The Seattle Seahawks. What the fuck? Dude, we are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Alex, Alex, give give us a category. Okay, let's do MVP, MVP for one. Okay. Yeah. This individual has the most regular season MVP awards. Uh, I think that w- was that uh, Alex. Uh, uh, Peyton Man. That is absolute. Oops, sorry. That is absolutely correct. On the board, baby. Yeah. Not getting skunked. That's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. All that matters. All right. Give us another one, Alex. Uh, let's do uh, play by the rules three. Played by the rules for three. While still legal, this move has become very rare due to, the, due to the modern football's elongated and pointed shape. In fact, the last successful attempt since 1941 occurred on January 1st, 2006. This is like a fucking rugby play, isn't it, Tyler? It, it is. Oh. Uh, that yeah. looks like I see Alex. 
I I believe it's called a drop kick. Maybe. That is absolutely correct. Hells yeah! Damn, absolutely correct. I was gonna I call it footy. In Bermuda? Were you even paying attention? Uh no, was not. <laughs> was not. <laughs> uh, I was drinking beer. I was drunk the whole time. Uh, I was gonna call it footy or something. Let's do Hall of Fame baby for okay. four. This Hall of Famer went by the nickname Sweetness. Is I found a, this trivia question on a lot of different. How long ago did he go by this? Can we get a hint? Yeah. Can we phone a friend? To be honest, oh, I, um, I, don't I don't really remember <laughs> <laughs> who it is. Oh, man. All right. Shit. Does anybody want to venture a guess? I have well, no fuck. I... No. I was gonna say Reggie Bush, but he's not a Hall of Famer. Reggie Bush, <laughs> Walter Payton. <laughs> got the position right at least. Yeah. Uh, okay, Alex, give us another one. Uh, let's do Super Bowl for two. Super Bowl for two. Uh, in Super Bowl 40, this quarterback completed just 90 of 21 passes for 123 yards and two interceptions, giving him a passer rating of 22.6, but somehow still managed to win the Super Bowl. Eric. Aiden Manning? No. Fuck. <laughs> Any guesses? This is the, this, so to give you guys some perspective, this is the worst passer rating, and, they, and this individual still won the game. I think I might know who it is, but I, I and he still plays going. now. I think I know who it is. Fuck. Uh, Tyler, Tom Brady. No. Fuck. Because Tom Brady has an MVP in like almost he all. He just played in a bunch Flacco. of them. So I just was going by numbers. Watch me, Joe Flacco. Ben Roethlisberger. Oh, I was say that. Russell Wilson. That makes. Sense. I mean, yeah, Russell Wilson. <laughs> all right, uh, Tyler, give us a category. Uh, it's. Do play by the rules for one. All right. Until 1912, when the end zone was added to the field, the value of a touchdown was worth this many points. You guys know your football history. Uh, Tyler. Five. Oh. <laughs> Four. Four points. Very, very close, though. Oh, man. Uh, that, that seemed kind of crazy to me. But, wow. yeah. Um, there's, a, there's actually a really good... Another trivia question coming up uh, regarding rules. Alex, let's just keep James and Tyler at zeros. That's our goal. Dude, this is terrible. <laughs> um, yeah, so let's give an update. Alex has four points. Eric, one. And James and Tyler are, if you guys were playing golf, I would want that score at a goose egg. Um, Tyler, give us a category. Uh, teamwork for two. All right. The top 25 scores in history of the NFL play this position. Uh, uh, that looks like Alex. Kicker. That is, that is correct. I actually knew that one. Come on, James. <laughs> Good one. That was the next on there. Uh, let's see. Let's do MVP, MVP for four. All right. This Super Bowl MVP guaranteed his team would win Super Bowl three. Al uh, Alex. Uh, Namath. Good call. Wow. He's Joe Jackson and everything. Alex Dude. is taking it away with 10 points. Eric still has one. James and Taylor, you guys got to uh, do something. I think it's over, right. but keep going. <laughs> it is over. I'm going to start calling it zero. Uh, go ahead, Alex. Uh, let's do Hall of Fame baby for one. All right. The Football Hall of Fame is located in this U.S. city. Uh, Tyler. It's Cleveland, right? No, sir. Fuck. I'll give James a chance. Oh, I was, I was wrong. I was going to go Ohio. Like, I was going to go Cleveland, too. It, it's it, it's Wait, let me go. close. Let me... Eric? Yeah, what if I know it? Or, I'm sorry, uh, uh, Alex? Just... Wait, wait, wait. I fucking typed in. Oh, wait, did Alex yeah, type Alex too? Did. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's in Canton. Yep. Yes, it is Canton, Ohio. Damn it's it. Canton, Ohio. Shit. Come on, boys. Right state. Do, do, I, do I get half a point? I, I wish I could give you half a point, but... <laughs> Damn it. Go ahead. Go ahead, and, uh, Alex. Three hour time uh, MVP, MVP for two. All right, last MVP one. This linebacker is the only player to be voted the Super Bowl MVP from a losing team. James. Ray Lewis. Chuck Howley. Oh, in okay. Super Bowl I don't, five. I don't even I don't even know, bro. Oh, you didn't watch <laughs> Super Bowl five? <laughs> Come on, bro. <laughs> the reaction was great. 
Hey, at least we're all learning something today. Yeah, we're learning. Uh, I suck at football. Alex, what, what you got? Uh, play by the rules four, because I'm sure this won't be impossible. This one's my favorite one. No, no. In, oh, early, day, in early day football, the forward pass was illegal. It was this U.S. president who threatened to ban football unless rules were established to ensure player safety. Thus, the forward pass was introduced. Eric. Franklin D. Roosevelt. No. Little late. It came in earlier than that. Damn. But he is a, he is a very, you know, he is a famous president. So, uh, Tyler. Woodrow Wilson. No. Still too, too late. And Alex. Uh, Teddy Roosevelt. Yes, sir. Teddy <laughs> Roosevelt. Come on, boys. Oh, my yes. God. 15 <laughs> to 1 0 Excuse me, James. I want both of my leagues this week. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, let's keep going. Uh, Hall of Fame baby for two. All right. This NFL team has the most players in the Hall of Fame. Uh, I see Eric first. Cowboys. No, sir. <laughs> uh, Tyler? <laughs> uh, um, fuck. Yeah, Tyler's um, probably going to save the Cowboys. Now he gets some. Well, you have a 1 in 31 <laughs> chance now. Yeah, um, we'll go 49ers. No, sir. Shit. And James, I'll give you one shot. Chicago Bears. Ding, ding, ding. No! I'm on the board. Yes. James is, James is in second with it. two points. Alex, right, let's, keep let's keep Tyler at zero. Let's keep Tyler at zero. All right. James, give us a topic. <laughs> Hall of Fame, baby. For three Hall years. of Fame, baby. Tied with Notre Dame, this other university has the most inductees into the Pro Football Hall of Fame at 13. Uh, this looks like Eric. USC? USC. Damn and this question, this question is, is, uh, is in honor of our boy, Nathan Rivera. You're a huge USC fan. I had to throw this in one for you, buddy. I know you don't listen yeah. to it, but I know your brother does. Let him know we gave a shout out to your brother there. I'm back in second, baby. Jay, well, give me my points. Straight hey, up. calm down. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what you got? Uh, let's just Super Bowl for four. Let's get the highest scoring out of here. This NFL team was the first wildcard team to win the Super Bowl on January 25th, 1981. Do you guys know your history? No. Trade him. Is he getting uh, me? Oh, I'm sorry, Eric. Raiders. Nope. <laughs> James Bears <laughs> It was the Raiders oh, What the fuck <laughs> Did you just guess that Yeah Oh god Nice job I, I, Well I said the Raiders a few times earlier So I was like I got. They're gonna land Raiders on one have of to these be, Have to work some way Alright Alright Eric uh, Teamwork for three Teamwork for three The mascot for this team is named Poe How poetic Poe Oh, this uh, one was a light bulb a no? moment for me, boys. This one was a light bulb moment for me. James? Patriots. No, sir. Damn. Is it NFL? Tyler, yes. Panthers. No. And Eric? Raiders. No. <laughs> Baltimore Ravens. Oh, Edgar Allan Poe. Ravens. God damn it. Oh, okay. How poetic. The three-eyed All right. Raven. And to the final question, we got Super Bowl for three. Tyler, this is your last hey, chance, my guy. Keep yep. Tyler off the boards. Let me, uh, let me reset the, the answer board. Here we go. Super Bowl one was held on January 15th, 1967, between the Green Bay Packers and Kansas City Chiefs in this legendary stadium. Uh, Tyler? Uh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were, like, joking. It's a legendary that. stadium. Uh. Oh, he's done. Yankee Stadium. Zero. No. Oh, my God. (laughs) James? Soldier Field. No. And Eric? Lambo. No, sir. I'm going to give Alex a chance. Legendary Stadium. Wait, James, what did you say? Soldier Field. (laughs) Chicago. Uh, Chicago, yeah. Legendary Stadium. Arrowhead. I don't know. The Memorial Coliseum. No. Dude, I was going to guess that. Motherfucker. Tyler, is that a fat zero? That uh, is a fat zero. Are for you Tyler? That is, that is a beer mile on deck for Tyler. <laughs> oh, my yeah. God. So, our winner, even though he, he did win this last week of fantasy, but he's still in last place. But yeah, he boy. did win Jeopardy today. Alex, 15. Eric, 2. 
James, or I'm sorry, Eric eight, James two, and Tyler a big fat goose egg. That's a dis- that, I destroyed. Oh my <laughs> you <God>. did. <laughs> you did. Um, I hey boys, appreciate you. You know, you know I th- I think these are fun. I think this was a, a good uh, a good tribute to Alex Trebek, and you know, I think in a couple of weeks we'll do another one with a different sport. How's that sound? I think that's a great Baseball, idea. I keep man. playing like that for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's Jeopardy, boys. Traden's version of TLDR Jeopardy is freaking hard. It's ridiculous. But it gets better yeah, and better each time we do shit. it. We're going to take another quick break, but when we return, uh, Tyler's going to talk about rules in sport. Fun stuff. Welcome back. So, who is the biggest rule follower in this podcast? You guessed it. It's Tyler. So, of course, he'd want to do an entire segment about sports rules. Tyler, it's all you, my guy. Yeah, so I thought this would be a, a fun segment to do. Basically, we're going to kind of go around, and we're each going to pick a rule of any sport that you guys do not like and how you do the change. I think we all have a sport or something about a sport that just kind of irks us the wrong way when we watch it, and we just wish it was a little bit different. Um, so I'm going to go around first, and then I'll finish with mine. Uh, so let's start off with James. What do you got? Okay. So I didn't really know what to do with this one. So I'm just going to, you know, we'll we'll do it live. But the thing I don't like the most about football is the fact that you can't touch a QB after he begins to slide when he's running. I absolutely hate that rule. Like a lot of QBs slide after the defender's already in their tackling motion. Like what are you supposed to do as a defender? Like magically move out of the way or levitate? You can't do that. That's That's not how the world works. It doesn't make sense. I think like mobile QBs right now, like Kyler Murray, they're starting to take advantage of this rule by fake sliding so no one tackles them, and then they run for more yards. So that's why that's how he gets, like, 100 yards a game. He does that all the time. I remember Defenders when, can no when longer you ripped tackle. the silverware out. That was the day that's you ripped exactly. the silverware out. It was because we played Kyler Murray, and he <laughs> killed my team. <laughs> but it sucks. Cause every single rule nowadays, every single rule in the NFL goes against the defense. They're all made for the offense to exploit. So it's like there's no more defense in the NFL. It sucks. So how I would change it. I think if a QB decides to run with the ball out of the pocket, he should be treated like every other runner who has the ball, and he gets tackled without a penalty flag. It's his decision. If he didn't want to get tackled, take a knee. Throw the ball to bounce. Like, dude, don't slide and expect some, nobody to touch you. And that's what I hate the most. Hey, James, can we talk about – I saw this meme about Kyler Murray. Can we talk about how he runs like a little kid who just stole a toy with the football? <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen Patrick Mahomes waddle, dude? Patrick dude, Mahomes yeah, Mahomes is sick, man. <laughs> True. But every time I see Kyler Murray, like, like, carry the football, I don't know how he hangs on to it. Like, but he looks like he just, like, stole something and he's, like, running around like a little kid. <laughs> Stride frequency. Like five, six. It's one of the names. It's one of the name of speed is stride frequency trading. So there's your answer, scientifically speaking. Hey man, football needs more violence. So, James, I I'm with you on that. Alex, what rule do you not like? I also went football, uh, NFL specifically, and I went the overtime rule. It is the most ridiculous thing in sports. If you're you know two teams, they fought for sixty minutes. They're tied, a coin flip. Once team scores a touchdown, it's over. The other team doesn't even get a chance to touch the ball. All the three other major sports have at least, you know, baseball, you play a, a top and a bottom of an inning. Uh, basketball, you get five minutes. Hockey, you get five, and then you go to the shootout. Football, easily fixable. You give them a 10-minute, uh, you give a 10-minute overtime period. You can still do the coin flip. You play the period out. If there's no score after that, they're still tied. Field goal kickoffs, baby. That's the answer. <laughs> and then you they go back start, distance. They yeah, like go back. yeah, baby. Mm-hmm. You start at fifty because we're trying to we're trying to get through this. You know, you start at fifty. So if you're the Baltimore Ravens, you got Justin Tucker, dude. Just tie the game. Get it to overtime. You're gonna win. Start at fifty. <laughs> each one, of, each kicker makes that. Go to fifty-five. Each kicker makes that. But no, no defensive rush. You just get a straight kick hmm. all the way back. Keep going until somebody misses. Yeah. That's actually – that's exactly how uh, Rugby 10s does their overtime. Um, 
So you were paying attention. I was paying attention. Part, you're a liar. <laughs> yeah. So basically in rugby tens, after you score a try, you get a conversion point and you can have an option depending on where on the field for one, two, three, or five. So obviously the further back you are to kick it in, into the uh, field goal depends on the, the points you get. So in overtime, if, if the game is still tied after regulation, they do exactly that. They just have the kickers do a kickoff basically and they just alternate turns to see who will miss uh, the first kick. So I think that's a cool is idea. Is it a drop kick? No, it's just like it's just like a regular like a regular kickoff <laughs> like in football. They have they have little uh little like tees. Stands. Yeah. Yeah. Little tees. Mm-hmm. yeah. Uh Eric, what do you got? I uh got changing NBA fouls. Um, oh god. Yeah, let's get traded on the fucking high horse here. Uh fouls should be actual fouls. Games shouldn't be dictated by a simple slap in the wrist or like you know, maybe like a body contact in the air when the player has his hands up, up, and away. Uh, like a foul should be like a hockey hip check or a, like a football shoulder or something. Like too many fucking fouls get called every game, especially in the fourth quarter. It literally changes momentum uh, for teams. Trading them, Peter Griffin would say it fucking grinds my gears. Uh, specific Players also seem to get more foul calls than ever. Every team has the one guy who gets the most calls for the team. That shit's not fucking fair, all right? It just isn't. Um, they need to take notes from the NHL and the MLB by not ruining games via calls. Trading, what do you have to fucking say? I, I, <laughs> I, I can't speak to – the one foul that really grinds my gears, so to speak, is charging. I, I don't, I, maybe, I mean, I try to understand it, but to me, a player gets punished for taking the, taking the ball to the hoop and a guy just maybe, you know, get, gets flown back to the, you know, back off the court. And my, my suggestion is either A, don't fucking stand there or, or if you're going to stand there, you better make it worth it. The guy's trying to score. He's not trying to hurt you. He's not trying to, to, you know, he's not trying to legitimately like knock you over. He's literally trying to get to the basket and make it and, you know, and, you know, make a play and you, and they get like, as you know, if his feet's planted, and it's, it's an automatic charging. It just like, you always hear that. I I want to see, I want to see more push towards the basket myself. I think that's fun. And so maybe, maybe I'm, you know, I'm not a basketball guy. So, you know, maybe I'm speaking on my ass, but I just don't like charging call or charging foul. Yeah. You always hear like, oh, his feet were set. And it's like you said, they just like jump in the way and their feet aren't moving. Of course his feet were set. He just jumped in front of them. And players are starting to exploit that and flop backwards. And they're called like 90% of the time. Or or a guy goes in and he gets like tapped on the wrist and he's just screaming in the ref's ear, Alex Caruso, et cetera. Um, But Caruso's a good player. He deserves it. But still, you know, that shit, it, it gets annoying. Yeah, it, it does seem that basketball, sometimes there are fouls that they call are kind of vague and there's not really any rhyme or reason for it. It's just any kind of contact, even though it's a contact sport. Um, for me, watching it, it can get a little annoying as well. Uh, Trading, what's your what's your rule change? It's tough. There's a, there's a few that I kind of bounced around. Um, in hockey, like the trapezoid rule, I think they should just get rid of that. Um, but the one that kind of, I guess, I kind of stick on because we haven't talked about this sport um, it's not hockey, it's baseball, is I don't think there should be intentional walks. I think intentional walks are fucking stupid. And here's why. I pay money to go sit, you know, behind home plate, for example, to watch Mike Trout hit dingers. That's what I paid to, that's what I paid to do. I, I, I pay money to go see Mookie Betts fucking hit dingers. And instead, a pussy-ass pitcher who can't strike the guy out decides, oh, I'm just going to walk the guy and, you know, we don't get the fun of, you know, an actual competition between an at, between athletes. It's like, I'm too much of a pussy to throw down the middle or to, to actually play the game. I'm just going to intentionally walk you for strategic purposes. I think it's freaking stupid. I think that's, I think that's a dumb play. I think, and it, it's a dumb, it's a dumb play because it just undermines the idea of, of athletes competing. I mean, if I, if I had it my way, um, you know, Connor McDavid wouldn't be going against, you know, the shitty ass goalies in the NHL. They just say, Oh, you know, here, let me knock the net off. So you, so that, you know, you don't get a chance to score. It's like, come on. That's what I feel the intentional walk is myself personally. I like that one. Um, I agree. It, it does suck when, you know, there's a, a key situation and 
uh, late, late in the game and, you know, your, your best players come up the bat and first base is open. And a lot of times they'll just, you go going first base and then it just kind of ruins the moment a little bit um, because that player doesn't get the chance to actually even uh, bat. So, right. And don't get me wrong. I get the strategy if you can do mm-hmm. it. I just yeah. don't think you should be able to do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right. So he, here is my rule change. The one thing that I really don't like uh, kind of going off Eric's basketball. Um, I just think free throws are stupid. And I think, free throws should be eliminated or at least uh, decreased in the amount of the, how much they're, they're used for me, free throws, they just slow the game down, especially late in the game. Um, and they're not exciting to watch. They're boring. It's like if a football team had a hail Mary pass with no defenders, it's just kind of, it's not guaranteed, but it's a hell of a lot easier. Um, so for me, it's just not very fun to watch. Uh, so my solutions for this is one, you know, you don't have to completely eliminate free throws, but maybe um, allow free throws until the fourth quarter. So it's late in the game. And then after that, uh, if a player is fouled in the act of shooting, counts as two points. If he, if, um, if he misses it, if he makes it, count it as three. Just add on um, a point to it so it automatically counts. Um, or you can flip-flop it, um, allow free throws only in the fourth quarter. Um, or... Um, when teams are in the penalty, so after the, you know they've fouled so many guys, instead of them shooting free throws for non-shooting fouls, just give them two points. So if a guy you know is a you know illegally blocked or whatever, and they're not shooting, just give them two points, move on. Um, or if a player is fouled, you have a 15-second one-on-one play with the shooter and the defender. So it's one-on-one, 15 seconds, just go for it. Or you make free throws. Oh Jesus! A lot more difficult, <laughs> and, you make, and you move and you move the the, the basket like it is at, at Dave and Buster's, and it moves back and forth and side to side. <laughs> <laughs> try to fucking make it. That'd be solid. So those are my solutions to basketball free throws. Or, or you could grease up the rim like the carnivals. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Tyler, just make just I, make I it say, harder or more exciting. I would say. For the most part, like I agree. I think the biggest part, the problem I have in, in regards to what you said, or like in relation to what you said is, is the bonus period is where we're, this is the, it's free throws and, but you lose possession if you, you know, if you're fouled. So it's, yeah. to me, I think, I think, it, I think it would change the game if yes, you still got free throws and you still got, or you still maintain possession. I, I think that would completely change the game that alone, because the only fouling to change possession so that you can, you know, have a chance to, you know, do whatever you want. I think, I think you should lose possession and you lose and, and you get, you know, free throw shot against you. I think that's how it should be. Yeah, I agree. I just, for me, free throws are just boring to watch and I just want to eliminate or at least make it more exciting. So that, that, that's my rule change. And uh, that's all I got for this segment. A lot to think about there and a lot of possibilities if rule changes do occur. Thank you, Tyler. Invigorating conversation. We're going to take another break here. And on your turn, we're going to have a debate about a couple of baseball greats. There are a lot of great baseball players in the world right now, but there are really only two that are a tier above the rest, and that's the great Mike Trout and the eh, Mookie Betts. Alex, take that. Well, that kind of just fucked it for me, James. Thanks, bud. <laughs> <laughs> so if you guys have been not living under a rock or in Bermuda, uh, the Dodgers did just win the World Series, um, and there's been a pretty healthy debate on – uh, the World Wide Web and the Twitterverse and, you know, MySpace or whatever, uh, <laughs> of, <laughs> of who is officially the best player in baseball. Uh, for, I'd say, the last eight years, it's been undeniable. The center fielder down there in Anaheim, Mr. Mike Trout. But uh, with the recent success of Mookie Betts, uh, he started to kind of creep into the conversation and I thought it'd be interesting for us to talk about this uh, as we have two Dodger fans and three Angel fans in this conversation. I'm hoping we can try to remain 
um, as unbiased as possible, but I have very little faith in us to be completely honest. Uh, give you some overall kind of numbers real quick. So Mookie Betts, he's been in the league seven years. He's got an MVP. He's a four-time All-Star, four-time Silver Slugger, five-time Gold Glove winner, two-time World Series champ. Mike Trout, on the other hand, not too shabby himself, three-time MVP, eight-time All-Star, eight-time Silver Slugger, two-time All-Star MVP, has only played in one postseason in his existence, and he got swept by the Kansas City Royals. So, James, since you started it off so sassy, uh, <laughs> I know you are a huge Angels fan, and I know Mike Trout is your dude down there. How I'm going to assume that with your uh, remarks to begin with that you do not think Mookie has overtaken Mike Trout as the best player in baseball. How close is he getting? Uh, I don't that close, mainly because you had mentioned it in your opening remarks. You said recently – Mookie Betts has started becoming part of the conversation. Mm-hmm. And Mike Trout's been doing this for a long time. And to be honest, they're only one year apart in age. So you can't even say the fact that Mookie Betts is like way younger, so he has more time to come up there. It's only one year. Mike Trout's 29, Mookie Betts is 28. So in reality, it's like Mike Trout's been doing this for a long time. So people become used to that production. And so people are no longer viewed as special. They expect it all the time. Mookie Betts, on the other hand, this production, he's been he's good. But he's been great as of recently. Like this last year, he's been great. And so it's the new novel thing that people are now latching on to. Like, oh, he's going to be great. He's going to be this new the new guy. He's going to be way, way better than Mike Trout. That was Cody Bellinger last year. People were talking about Cody Bellinger being better than Mike Trout because he had one great season. Okay, cool. Last This season, he didn't do so hot. Mike Trout's been doing well every single season. Even if he's G played, even if he's on terrible teams. He still puts out great numbers, and he keeps his team afloat as best he can. It may not be winning records, but he's providing – he has a pretty good war. I'm not sure what the number is, but I hear it every single time I listen to baseball or watch baseball games. It's pretty high up there, and it's like record-breaking the way he's winning games. So if Mookie Betts can do it, put the same production up for the next five years, maybe he'll be up there. But it, like you said, it's recent. Okay, so in reference to the war category. So war is, for those of you who don't know, I still don't exactly know how it's uh, compiled, but it's wins above replacement. So it's pretty much how much better is your player compared to like the base average MLB player is generally kind of how it works. In, dur- in active players, Mike Trout is second with 74.4 war. Uh, his teammate Albert Pujols is first with 100.6 perspective Mike Trout has played 10 years Albert Pujols has played 20 and Trout has three quarters of what Albert Albert Pujols has Uh, Mookie Betts is uh, number 17 on the active list with 45.2 war Uh, Tyler I'm going to let you follow up you were a former employee of the Red Sox you are a lifelong Dodgers fan I want you to give your opinion and then kind of maybe rebuttal what James said yeah, so I think undeniably Mike Trout has been the best player in baseball the last, you know, eight seasons. Ever since he broke in the league, he's been so consistent. And I think sometimes we take that for granted, like how good he is, because he's just been so good year in, year out. Like, as James mentioned, like we kind of expect it. That's just how he is. And, you know, Mookie Betts is this new guy coming up and has had a, he's put together his last three seasons or so, been super great. And he's, you know, you, you mentioned war and yeah, Mike Trout has a better war, I think in his career than Mookie Betts, but I think the last three seasons I saw stat, they're pretty much equal. Um, so in the last, in the most recent years, Mookie Betts and Mike Trout have been pretty close. Um, overall, um, I would say that Mike Trout is probably the better player. Um, especially as far as the career goes. Um, but then I think Mookie Betts, is just, I think, has more of the wow factor and is more exciting to watch. Um, so it kind of depends on how you value, you know, who's better or not. And then I think the, the biggest difference between the two is, um, you know, their postseason experience. And that's not really Mike Trout's fault, obviously. Like, that Angels management to give a good team around him is, is really poor. 
Mookie Betts, you know, with the Red Sox and now the Dodgers on teams that have put together amazing teams. And he's been able to be on these great championship teams that have allowed him to play on the biggest stage. And we, as, as we saw in, in 2020, he shines. Um, unfortunately, Mike Trout hasn't really gotten that, that opportunity. Um, but that's not, really, not necessarily his fault. But I would say that October matters. And October, you know, in terms of legacy, in terms of the best players shining in the brightest, the biggest stage, that matters. Um, Derek Jeter wouldn't be, be Derek Jeter if not for all the success he had with, it, with, it, with the Yankees. It kind of reminds me of, of, of a different sport comparison, like Tom Brady versus uh, Peyton Manning. Like two very, very good quarterbacks, like pretty equal in terms of stats. And but I think we all kind of consider Tom Brady a little better because he's won more Super Bowls than than uh, Payne Manning has. I think this is kind of a similar comparison. Uh, Mookie Betts has won two already. Mike Trout, honestly, to to be to be frank with you, Angels fans probably won't win one. Not 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 with Angels. I mean, maybe if they if they turn things around like real quick. Um, but the clock is ticking, you know, and. Uh, I think we got 10 more years. Yeah. But it's, you know, it's Mike Trout now in his prime versus like, it's going to take you, I don't know how many years to build an angels team. That's going to be good enough to compete. You know, I don't know. The Dodgers are competing now. Um, The way I see it, I still think Mike Trout overall slightly out edges Mookie Betts, but man, this is, it's, it's, it's a great debate. Um, so I'm going to slightly pick Mike Trout by a, by a fraction. Okay. So you're saying that overall, but right now is Mookie Betts. Yes. or no better player than Mike Trout. I I'm, I'm still going to give the edge to Mike Trout. Okay. Eric question for you. So Mike Trout is obviously a very well-rounded player. Um, but I mean, so is Mookie Betts. Mookie's got five consecutive golden glove awards, uh, which is the best player at his defensive position. Mike Trout has not won a single one. Uh, you're wearing your LA Kings jersey. We watched the LA Kings win two championships pretty much based off of defense. How important is that in your mind as the difference between those two? Because in my mind, that's the part that kind of separates yeah. them in some regard. That does uh, add in some more points for Mookie Betts. Uh, and, you know, you saw it when he was on the Red Sox, when, when he won a World Series with them, making, like, crucial defensive plays, he for sure did that this year with the Dodgers. Like, you know, turning around, almost like he's a receiver running a route, like, on his back foot, turning around, just catching, like, a ball that could have been, like, a double or even a home run. Um, Trout has random, like, plays like that. Or Trout has, has some good plays where he jumps up on the fence and literally robs home runs. But yeah, I would. It, it does give Mookie an edge defensively. Um, I just, I the way I think of it is like Mookie is more of like a clutch guy in the postseason. But we've seen that because he's been in the postseason. Yeah, <laughs> the Angels, uh, they failed Mike Trout so far of just getting him into the playoffs that one time, and they got swept. You know, he he didn't have the best showing. Um, but I think I compare it like Mookie's like a clutch, kind of like a Kevin Durant, like going going to a good team, making them even better. Uh, Mike Trout's like currently like a James Harden where like he's just super good, but like hasn't had a chance really to like prove himself. Well, I guess Harden's had chances in the playoffs, but, you know. I, I, know, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. And then trade-in. You're, I don't know if, the viewers or listeners, I guess, no one views us. Listeners have uh, heard this about you, but I've heard you're a hockey guy. Just True? a little bit. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Uh, you were talking about this off air. So we were kind of comparing the Mike Trout versus Mookie Betts to the Connor McDavid, Nathan McKinnon. So give us your kind of thoughts on um, how those, these kind of two compare. And then I want to hear your thoughts on which one you think is better right now too on the Mookie Mike thing. Yeah. Um, I, it's tough. Be, this one's tough. Just like that. Just like the hockey one, because you, you're dealing with, you're dealing with, with, with a Nathan McKinnon who's really, I mean, we knew he was been so good for so long, but he's really come in really strong, you know, as of late, you know, an MVP candidate, in my opinion. Um, 
you know, year after year getting his team to the playoffs against a player who is generational. And I think we can all agree that Mike Trout is a generational player. Um, he's one of the best players to ever play the game. I mean, that's, that's how, that's how Connor McDavid will go down as being the, one of the greatest players to ever play the game as it, as a whole and having, and having a, you know, Mike Trout having a Nathan McKinnon type of player coming, coming in within Mook Betts, you know, it's exciting to have these kind of conversations because you do have, you know, it is relevant. Mookie Betts is, should be in the question, should be in the question, should be in the debate for this. Just like, you know, just like um, Nathan McKinnon should be in the debate in the, in the NHL side. Um, Do I think that Mike Mookie Betts is better than Mike Trout? Do I think that, you know, just like, I don't think that Nathan McKinnon is better than Connor McDavid. No. Um, Mike Trout, as you guys have said, he's been doing it for longer. It's almost expected of him. His biggest issue, in my opinion, is the fact that he's not only on a bad team, but he's on a team that is in a small market. You put him on, you know, a, you know, you put him on Yankees. I know the Yankees are good, but, but the Yankees are not, you know, obviously are not the Dodgers. You put him on, you put him on a team that actually, you know, everyone kind of knows and everyone follows. You get, everyone gets to see him. You know, we get we all got to see Mookie because the Dodgers, the Dodgers made it to the World Series. They won the World Series. Um, interestingly, this conversation, regarding this conversation, and I didn't even bring this up with 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 you, Alex Pryor, while you were thinking about this topic. I asked this question to our buddy in Indiana, um, Matt Rivera. I asked him the same question because he's a baseball guy. He played baseball, and his answer was, well, "Mike Trout's you know better baseball player, but Mookie Betts is probably the more exciting one." He's, he's got flash. He's got pizzazz, you know, every to every, when I didn't really get to watch him play until this world series, he was damn fun to watch. And I didn't, and I really did not want the Dodgers to win. I really didn't. But every time that he was up, up, you know, on the plate or, you know, rounding the bases, he was, he was electrifying and it's fun to watch. And that's, and that, and that draws you in. And, and I think that that fact alone is what really is bringing Mookie Betts to the front, you know, of the class. Um, Maybe it's a little bit of recency bias, but that it's fair recency bias because he's bringing it. He's, he's, you know, it's not just that he had, you know, two steals in the first game or whatever he did. Like, you know, that's yeah, Mookie did get his free tacos. He did get a free tacos. That tacos. is really it's important. True. Mike Chad has never done that. <laughs> that's know, true. He has never done that. Um, but <laughs> just, given, though, Tyler. just given the fact that Mike trout has been doing this for so long, I, I think, you know, and it's kind of expected of him and he doesn't really skip a beat. Um, it is kind of what, what to me puts him over the edge um, quite handedly. I will say this, and I think everyone in this podcast and their grandmothers will agree with me. Please, for the love of God, let there be a, an Angels Dodgers World Series because that is that's where you prove it. In the next ten years, both of them have ten years or whatever. We need a World Series between these two teams, and that is what I, you know. That's the kind of thing that. I don't even, I think I'll watch that over, a, over, you know, an NHL, um, you know, Stanley Cup final. I, I'm wow. not even kidding. Those are big I think words. That would be just unbelievable. That. Okay. Those are, that's a lot to process. I don't know how I feel about that. You're supposed to be our hockey guy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now baseball guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Big baseball guy trading over there. Uh, so for me, I think how it's going to end up, say, 40 years from now, if we're still doing this podcast, God forbid, uh, <laughs> Mike Trout will probably go down as one of the top five best position players of all time in the, you know, with the Babe Ruths and the Mickey Mantles and the Willie Mays. But I think right now, Mookie Betts is a better overall player. His defense is better. He runs the base pass better. He doesn't get hurt as much. I'm not even basing this off of how good his teams are. Um, Mike Trout's got a little bit more power. Uh, Mookie doesn't strike out as much. It's so close, but I think right now Mookie is the better player. Um, we could be two weeks into the season, assuming we have a next season, and I could change my mind. Like, um, so Tyler, you already kind of gave our gave us your answer, Traden. I think you're sticking with Mike Trout, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, okay. it, like, it's razor thin right now, like you said, but right um, now, yeah, yeah. Okay, so Eric, right now, just who's a better player? Right now, I'd say Trout by a smidget of a hair, like Tyler said. But I have a random question for you. You just sparked my yeah. mind. 
do you think teams like key in on Mookie as hard as they do Trout, like on the scouting report? Like they have pitchers, like you know, the I pitching mean, is set to intentionally like, walking them. I'm well, sure, they, or, or like you know, Mookie's Mookie's the yeah. first batter, right? The leadoff yeah. hitter. I mean, Trout's I'm sure like, they, you know, the yeah. cleanup. I'm sure they do, and then they look at the rest of the lineup and they go, oh, shit, NLCS, uh, World Series MVP, Corey Seager, Justin Turner, Max Muncy, Will Smith, Cody Bellinger. Like, you know, now Mike Mike Trout's got Rendon. If he's got uh, Otani, uh, uh, you know, the Angels lineup is pretty good. But, you know, it's when you see Mike Trout in that lineup and then the rest of it, it's a little different than Moki and Cody and Corey yeah. and all these guys. Yeah, that's so, what I was kind of getting at. Yeah, I feel so that. Let all me right. ask you this, Alex. Yeah. If if you if I were to if I were to give you if if you had a trade, just straight up trade the players, would you trade mm-hmm. them? No, I'd keep Moki. What if the Dodgers lost this year? Would you do the trade? No, I'd still wouldn't do it. <laughs> I think the so, fact that Moki, like, I mean. There's other circumstances involved too, like not just player for player. Like I think the person that Mookie is, like Mike Trout is a pretty low key dude. Yeah. Um, like yeah. he likes the weather. Like that's like his shit outside of baseball. Like he likes talking about the weather. And I think for Mookie, like being an African American and playing on the Dodgers is such a huge aspect for him. And I think that's so cool. Like that's one of the bigger reasons I would never want to trade him. Um. Okay, James, you're the only one who hasn't given us a definitive. Mike Trout by a whole hair. A whole one whole hair. <laughs> one whole, one hair. whole hair. By a whole hair on Tyler's chinny chin chin. <laughs> so like it's better than razor thin. Those are baby hair. Yeah, that is. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, you know, you guys let us know what you think. Um, if there's someone else out there, I don't know who it would be, but you let us know. Other than that, I'm done, James. So that's a debate that we're going to have for probably forever. And it'll probably never be settled, but it's fun to do it anyway. We're going to take our last break of the day, but when we return, Eric is going to tell us about the Masters Tournament. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, the Super Bowl of Golf. The biggest golf tournament of the year is finally here. The 2020 Masters Tournament officially begins this Thursday. Eric, tell us all about it. Yes, the greatest tournament of all time, in my opinion, the Masters. Of course, that's highly debatable. Uh, so normally, let's, let's just get into everything, course info. We're just going to go over every fucking detail. Uh, so normally this tournament takes – Alex, brace yourself. Normally this pre- tournament pre- takes place – <laughs> In April, every year, it was ruined this year by the terrible world-ending virus. Uh, last year, Tiger won it all. Um, a lot of people doubted him, said he would never win a major again. I actually was one of the people to say that. Of course, I was wrong about sports. Uh, what's new? Even when he was winning, he was leading on Friday. So basically, he's leading the second day of four. Usually, that's bad in golf. Um, I remember one of our players comes in. He was actually in the golf. He's like, Tiger's leading it. I'm like, there's no way he's going to hold it. He's like, you're just fucking negative. Of course, he ends up winning it all. Uh, so every year, the winner receives a nice green jacket, as they say in Happy Gilmore. Green jacket, gold jacket, who gives a shit? Um, something like that. Um, <laughs> so this year is going to be a little different because normally it's in April. Now, this year, of course, it's in November. There's more moisture because they're going to be watering the course every day. That's because there's colder temperatures with winds, which dries out the grass. That fucks with your shot, according to Bryson DeChambeau, Traden's boy. Uh, there's going to be no fans. That's, you know, not the most important thing in golf, but you're not going to hear the people yelling, let's go, Tiger, as it's a good shot. Uh, last year, even on the 18th hole, when he was leading by a stroke, there was literally like 200 people Yes, that's like all of our listeners per podcast following him to the hole, like chasing behind him with five security guards like around him, backing everyone down. It's definitely an iconic moment in the world of golf. Another difference this year, the ESPN College Game Day will be held on Saturday uh, from 9 a.m. to noon overlooking the ninth hole. 
So just be ready for that dude, Lee Corso, who always throws on, like, the cutout mascot head of who he thinks is going to win. Like, throw on, like, a DeChambeau or a Ricky Fowler head or whoever the fuck he thinks is going to win. I feel like that may fuck with guys when they're on the ninth hole. It's only on Saturday. Um, let's get into the players. So here's a note. Uh, Sergio Garcia, he was the 2017 Masters champion. Will miss the tournament because he tested positive for the virus. That just sucks. Yeah, that's shitty. Trayvon is just fucking in disgust. Um, the linebacker trapped in a scientist's body, Bryson DeChambeau. You knew I was going to talk about him. Once again, he's a favorite. He was asked again uh, a few weeks ago what he's working on. He said he wants to swing and hit the ball faster. Uh, Trayden, apparently he complained about uh, the uh, a practice round on hole 16 the other day. His spin rate was too hard which fucked up his distance on the shot multiple times. In other words, the course was too soft and windy. What's your thoughts on that? I know you complain about, like, red ants and other random shit. What do you got to well, say about this? Look, when it comes to this guy, I've, I've been very reluctant to, to say this finally, but, you know, the, the, the guy is really changing the way we think we should be thinking about the sport. Um, his – his whole idea is to out drive out distance out power the horse. there's no mess. there's no laying up on a par five that's typical like typically you're on the green and three on a par five that's normal he, that's not how he plays you, you he, he's going for it every single time and you know if course conditions are going to push that back that's you know that that's going to make it hard for someone who's who's really just, you know, for the last eight months, eight to 10 months, focused on just that, out driving the, the course. So when, when course, you know, when the environment is, you know, up against you and it's too windy or it's too soft and the course conditions aren't to your liking in, in, in terms of what, you know, what strategy you're bringing to the course, yeah, that's going to piss you off. But I'll tell you this, man, I, I don't like the guy. But I do appreciate the fact that he's changing the way we think about the game, and and his peers are are following suit. Um, he's getting you know he's getting a lot of uh, kudos from you know his peers like Tiger and and uh, you know to name a few, but Back Tiger's a huge one. Um, you know, and you know, I, I think I think it's pretty amazing to see that he's changing the way we think about it, changing the way we should we should think about it. And I go back to when we had this conversation. We asked James, "Would you rather have power or distance?" And I thought he was crazy for saying you'd rather have power, but or I'm sorry, power or accuracy. And I thought it was crazy for saying power. And Bryson would have you know been right with him there. He definitely is changing the game. Jack Nicholas kind of gave him some recognition as well. Another, Which is another huge. golf great. Yeah. This is from a guy who's saying that that they need to make courses longer because guys are just hitting it too far. Yeah. He's an old school guy. For sure. Uh, some more guys. Justin Thomas. Uh, he's just been dominating this year. You can't count him out. He will be ready. Love my boy. Uh, Harris English. Eight top 20 finishes a year in every tournament that he's played in. And he, he got fourth place in that U.S. Open that DeChambeau ended up winning. Uh, Victor Hovland, this is the dude that James, he hit driver on deck, that video you sent us. But, uh, <laughs> he's moved up to the top 25 golfers of this year. He's playing well. Um, don't count him out. Patrick Cantlay, this dude just won the Zozo Championship in Thousand Oaks, Tyler. He's actually – Went to my high school, too, which is pretty fucking crazy. Um, Tiger, you know we got to talk about him. Uh, Tyler, I'm kind of directing this question to you. He is the GOAT of golf, in my opinion. He's losing his touch. He's getting older. He won this tournament last year. He's won this tournament a few times before. He's only played six tournaments so far this year and done pretty bad. Um, in other words, he's playing a lot less golf. And I think – even though he's the GOAT, I don't know if he could pull it off this year. Is he even going to make the cut? Man, I hope so. I mean, Tiger Woods, uh, defending Masters champion, he's won it five times, as you said. Uh, you could probably play his course with a blindfold on and probably still shoot under par. I mean, this dude's a legend, as we all know. Um, going into his win last, last year, 
um, he was playing very well. And I think people were kind of thinking, okay, Tiger might have a good shot to win it. And he did. And it was awesome. Um, this year, as you mentioned, different story. He's not played well, missed the cut at the U S open. His best finish, I believe was tied for 30, 37th at the PGA championship. That's not going to get it done. Um, so my expectations for Tiger Woods going into this master's tournament are pretty low. I hope he at least makes the cut and I hope we see him play golf on Sunday you know, maybe within the conversation, that'd be awesome. Um, but in terms of Tiger, Tiger Woods uh, hosting, ho- hoisting up that trophy at the end, I'm not going to expect it. But, <laughs> but, but hopefully he plays four rounds of golf. That's, that's, my, that's my hope for Tiger. Yeah, I'm, I'm totally in agreement with you. I hope we see him in at least the top 10. It's always great when Tiger is doing that. Quick side note, because you made me think of when you said hoisting, when that dude Morikawa – won the first major of the year and he hoisted the trophy and dropped it uh quick crazy side note his caddy is a chico state alumni so maybe that will get alex dude like i'm him. in i don't know Who's yeah this he's dude? in <laughs> i'm listening what's he this is, dude's name he's the, uh jakarov is his last name and um he's my dude yeah he's the caddy for morikawa who won a major this year he's like a, a kid from uh berkeley I believe, or from uh, the Bay Area that went to Berkeley. Asian dude, super good, uh, up and coming. But, yeah, his caddy, man, uh, Chico State alumni. We got a shout-out to the Wildcats. Heck yeah. Last year, uh, I'll talk about Ricky Fowler because I was him for Halloween. Guess what? He just shaved his fucking mustache. The thing that he's, like, kind of been iconic for I think that's either going to make him win because now me and him don't look alike and uh, he's probably better at golf than me, or he's just going to completely miss the cut. He's Those are his probably only better two at options. golf than you. He's a professional <laughs> golfer. Yeah, yeah, he's way better. He's way better. Um, those are his only two options though. No other option in between. Um, let's talk about the course like we always do. So it's different this year, as we mentioned with trading and um, all the different weather differences uh and there's going to be two and a half hours less of light because fucking daylight savings um alex do you think any like weather or daylight savings or having to be on football sunday is that going to fuck with anything in these golfers heads or does it not make a difference at all dude i would assume so i was curious uh you know when you were talking about the weather like what difference is in uh it's in georgia right yeah yeah so like the difference between april in georgia and november in georgia the weather should be interesting i would assume like especially for a guy like tiger who's played there so many times and it's always been in april like all the shadows and the light will be completely different uh so i you know from my limited golf experience which has only been at the crack of dawn at in 95 degree heat like you would assume the different lighting would be a factor for sure. Like I would, it would, you know, lighting coming through the trees, lighting coming from different angles, like into your, into your line of sight. Uh, yeah. I mean, obviously they get a shit ton of practice rounds, but like who knows what happens day up. Yeah. That's actually a good point. I didn't even think about that. Plus I saw like this weird, like there's different flowers and, different things blooming, which now that you say that could fuck with the shadows or maybe sunlight go shiny shambo eyes and he complains about it. I wouldn't be surprised. Um, another random like betting tip that I heard, uh, bet the Euros in this tournament to do well because the conditions are more similar to like European Lynx style courses. Um, so Hovland, a dude I mentioned, hits driver on deck, fucking bet him, who knows. Maybe just bet him one day, see how it goes, take it from there. Uh, Rory is a, is a Euro. Uh, fucking, there's another dude. He won a major last year. I can't remember his name, but bet him. Um, <laughs> bet him, but we don't know his name. Yeah. Uh, he's <laughs> the guy that won the uh, British Open. Trade him. Do you remember his name? Uh, what about Oosthuizen? That's South Oh, yeah. Oosthuizen, <laughs> bet him. The dude who looks like Shrek, bet him. Uh, <laughs> You're thinking it's uh, Shane Lowry, man. Yes, Shane Lowry, yes. There's a good story about him, too, where he was just completely hammered in uh, the bar after a major tournament when he thought it was cut. So he's like, I'm fucking done. I'm not making it. And apparently he made the cut. So he was just hung over his shit the next day, ended up doing well. It's kind of like me when I play golf. Um, 
So there's going to be two starting tee times each day. One will be on the first hole, <clears throat> like a pair on the first hole, and a pair beginning on the 10th hole going in reverse. That's kind of normal, I think, with a lot of tournaments when it's on the East Coast. I still think it's going to throw people out of the loop because normally this tournament in April, there's longer sun so that they don't have to do that. Um, here's another thing, James, I want to run this by you. The tournament has to conclude at 4 p.m. Eastern time, I believe, because it's aired on CBS. And CBS will be airing a football game because it's fucking Sunday football. Normally, there's it's in the spring, so it's playoff basketball and hockey and like regular baseball going, but it's not like you know week ten or eleven football. Um, and I know you're a big football guy. You are our football guy, uh, but this is the Masters, the most golf tournament, and now you're you know into golf. Uh, what are you going to pay more attention to this week? The Niners aren't doing too good. I don't know who they play this week. What's your focus going to be like? Is it going to be back and forth, you know, like Jimmy G or fucking DeChambeau? Come on now. There's a lot of problems with what you just said there, first and foremost. <laughs> Jimmy G is on IR, so he's not going to be playing. Mullins, <laughs> <laughs> uh, whatever Saints. the fuck his name is. Mullins, it would be Mullins. Uh, the Niners play the Saints, and after they Oof. just whooped on the Buccaneers, I fully expect the Niners to be down by 49 points at half. So I will be going back and forth to give me some sort of joy and hope while watching golf and then just destroy all that joy and hope while watching the Niners. So, yeah, I'll be back and forth. So you be like mad, happy, mad, neutral, exactly. mad, neutral. Yeah. Expect silver doors to be flying above. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just go to Traden's house. I could bang on the walls again, too. Um, so the winds are higher, the course is drier, the ball is roll. It looks like – it kind of looks like when you hit the ball, like, well, and you're like – you're super excited and then it's just like more of a pop fly doesn't go far doesn't roll at all um the last time like conditions were even even similar to this in a major was a dude zach johnson uh ended up winning the masters with a plus one final score so he was over par which is crazy to think um but yeah that's pretty much all i got bet the euros uh don't count out dechambeau i'm hoping ricky fowler as well because he's never won a major I'm hoping Tony Finau does well. He's never won a major trade. Anything else? You're going to take notes? Yeah, Sunday? dude. We're going to get two masters in six months. Oh, shit. So, but COVID, but also thank you, COVID. <laughs> yeah. that, I'd say there's two good things about COVID. That is, would be one. And the other is that it only takes me like 30 minutes to drive to LA now for work. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Silver linings, baby. Yeah, that's... Yeah, you got to think of the positives. Um, and that's being negative on a COVID test. Uh, that just threw my brain for a whirl. Maybe that'll be the title. Who knows? But uh, that's all I got this week, guys. Guys, I don't know about you, but I'm pretty excited to watch some golf this week. Remember, it starts on Thursday, so tune in to whatever channel Eric just said. CBS. <laughs> yeah, golf channel. Doesn't it change? <laughs> I think uh, Thursday and Friday would be Golf Channel, and Saturday, Sunday goes to CBS. Yep, Golf Channel, Probably. CBS. That's what's going to be at. Starting <laughs> Thursday. Tune in. All right, that pretty much wraps up episode 21 of TLDR Podcast. Thank you for listening. If you didn't like that episode, let's pretend it never happened. We'll try again next week. But if you did, go ahead and tell your friends. That'd be awesome. Uh, and also give us a review on Apple Podcast. We love hearing from you. All right, that pretty much is it, like I said. So we hope you have a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next week. Bye.